Welcome to the Inspiring Leader Podcast. This is episode four, and today's guests are Candy Biesterfeld and Lori Gertis. They're from the Alliant Insurance Services Company here in Colorado. With a history dating back to 1925, Alliant Insurance Services is one of the nation's leading distributors of diversified insurance products and services. Operating through a national network of offices, Alliant offers a comprehensive portfolio of services to clients, including risk solutions, employee benefits, and industry solutions. Let's listen to our host, Annette Matthews, and her guests. Hi, and welcome to the Inspiring Leader Podcast. I'm Annette Matthews, and I am so excited for our guests today. I have with me a couple of folks from Alliant Insurance Services, so I'm going to introduce them individually. First is Candy Biesterfeld. Please say hello so we know what your voice sounds like. Hi, this is Candy. <laughs> okay, and also Lori Gertis. Hello there, this is Lori. Hello, you guys. So I would love for you to tell me a little bit about yourselves, your company, and just um, a general introduction. Well, thank you for having us today. It's a pleasure to participate in your podcast, Annette. Um, I'm Candy Biesterfeld, and I work here at Alliant Insurance Services with Lori Gertis, and we have been partners in crime for about 15 years now. We work together on all of our clients, and um, I have been in the benefits business on the brokerage side for 19 years, and prior to that, I was 14 years in human resources. And I'm Laurie, and I've been doing employee benefit consulting for about 30 years now. Hard to believe that. Uh, hard to believe that number. But anyways, really enjoy working with um, Colorado employers, and we actually have clients that are also out of state working with self-funded and fully insured groups. And it's interesting times to be in the employee benefits uh, consulting arena. There's a lot going on. And Alliant as a company is a national company. We have about 4,000 4, employees nationally, about 1,000 of those in the employee benefits arena. And um, the great thing about our organization is it's, it's very entrepreneurial. It's 50-plus percent employee-owned. And um, it's, it's just a, a great organization that we've been a part of for now three years after an acquisition. So... Uh, we'll we'll tell you a little bit more about Alliant, but just to give you a little background. Well, I didn't realize that Alliant was so big, and I've known you guys for a while. So just full disclosure here, I've known Candy and Lori for a number of years. Back when I was in the corporate world, they were actually my benefits broker. And the reason that I wanted to do the podcast with them specifically was because as, our, as my benefits broker, not only did they um, provide great services and, um, you know, just the benefit packages that they brought to me were just amazing, really great prices, all of that stuff, but they were just fun to work with. So I can remember there were just some days that I just was not having a great day and have a meeting with you guys and you just came in laughing and it was just fun and you guys were a bright spot in my day. I don't know that I ever even told you that. So I just wanted to say thank you. Um, for the not only uh, great benefits that you brought me, but just the fun that you brought um, to my organization and to me as well. So, and Candy, I didn't realize that you had, um, you were in HR in your early days. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I actually spent eight, I grew up actually in HR at a company in Boulder called CareerTrack and helped them build their HR department 
and was there for eight years and then went to Pinnacle Assurance as their um, benefits manager and was there for six years. So yeah, HR was was part of my start in this in this crazy world, which which really does bring a good perspective to this side of the business because I've sat in that chair and I know how hard HR um, people have to work that, you know, there's so many things on those plates. So that's where we can really come in and, and help make a difference and, and help make life easier, at least in the benefits arena. Well, we have that HR background in common, and I'm certainly aware of career tracks. They were um, a great organization doing some good work in the training field. So how do you guys help organizations? So I know because I worked with you guys for so many years, but for somebody who might not know you, what's the benefit for using a, benefit, a broker like yourselves and how, you guys, how do you guys help organizations? Oh, I think that's, that's a great question. And in fact, we were just talking about it a little earlier, how, you know, years ago, 15 years, 20 years ago, we focused more on the, the consulting and the products and that these days we've been charged with being uh, an expert in benefit technology uh, with ACA, we get really involved in the healthcare reform um, legal side to it. And so it's our jobs are so different than they used to be, um, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But that's what actually makes it more exciting, too. Um, some of the technology and just working through the carrier feeds uh, between the, the, the insurance carrier and the employer can, can get pretty challenging at times. But... I think what we really like to do most is really that strategic level, really looking at what does the benefit program look like. We know that as an employer, you have so many dollars to spend, and I think it's really challenging these days to figure out what do your employees value and how to allocate those dollars. I don't know what you have to add. Yeah, Andy. and you know, in in this very competitive job market where each employer is looking to attract and retain their top talent, um, it's a challenge, right? Because again, it's that budget. You're you're managing a huge budget. Insurance costs have gone up. That that area has been so complex. That's why it's really important that you do partner with a good benefits consultant and broker that can help you navigate all of those things. But like Lori said, more from a strategic level too. And where are your employees valuing the money that you're putting into the plan? And helping them understand it and navigate it. Because on a corporate level, it's, it's complex, but on an employee level, and even down to an, a member level, the spouse, the children, I mean, accessing care and managing that process when there is a health condition can be very um, cumbersome, and you want to keep your employees focused on, you know, what they have, what they're doing for the company, and things that we can do to, to bring to the table to help in all of those regards are are why you should be looking for a, a partner that can help you. And we're also dealing a lot more with the, the just the mental health um, side of the equation. Um, there, there's definitely a shortage of providers. So it's how do you supplement? How do you work with your EAP? How do you make it so your employees feel like they have the right resources? So at time of crisis that they're, you know, able to access resources that can help them through that crisis. 
Well, it's important because you don't want to be um, asking those questions in the moment when you're in crisis. So it's better to have planned for that. And I know that was one of the huge benefits that you brought to me and my organization um, that the previous broker had not. So we had, there were a lot of things that we weren't really thinking about with our previous benefits broker um, in terms of strategy and we knew that we always had to meet the employer side of things with costs and all that, but we weren't thinking as much about what our employees valued and how we could create working with you a longer two, three, five year plan in terms of getting us to where our employees were truly valuing the benefits package. So tell me uh, what should, if I'm an employer, if I'm an HR person or a CEO and I'm listening to this podcast, what are the things that I should be thinking about when I choose a broker like yourself. So if I'm going out to market and I'm meeting with different people, what are some things that I should be thinking about? I think it really comes down to one, do are the resources and the, the team, is, is the team and the, the company's resources going to be able to get you where you want to be? And it, it really is, it's a relationship business to be perfectly honest. It's who are you going to connect with and do you feel like you can have a level of trust with? Um, resources are critical. You want to make sure that there is a strong team behind um, the, comp- the, the individuals that you're working with. You want to make sure that the, the company can bring you the different resources that you need, whether it's data analytics, compliance, legal support, um, you know, wellness, and, and those activities, those productivity activities, health and, health and productivity improvement. So it's, it's really knowledge. Um, you want to make sure you're working with a team that is knowledgeable, that has the experience and has worked in the field long enough to have seen things. But at the same time, I think it comes down to the people you're working with and making sure that you pick somebody that is going to sit next to you and, and make you look good and really take ownership of your program. And I think um, that's key because it's, it's, on this side, it's great to have a new client and to, you know, produce a new uh, client for your company. But at the same time, it, it, you, you want somebody that's going to actually care and, and care as much as you do about your employees and the results that you're driving with your benefits plan. I think I would just add to it, too. There's just a, a level of transparency that should be involved with um, the broker consultant that you're using, you know. There's there's different ways to compensate a broker consultant, and it shouldn't matter though whether it's fee or commissions. Um, those dollars should be revealed, and you should be very comfortable with knowing what your broker consultant is earning. It wasn't until we hired you guys that I was ever really aware fully of what our broker was being paid. So that transparency really came to light when hiring you guys. And I just, it's funny because the things that you're mentioning, I found to be really true in my relationship with you. So I know that there were times where we had employees that had claims that we felt like should have been paid and you guys advocated for our employees in the way that we would have wanted to do it ourselves. You had connections. You, I can remember also calling you guys and setting up, you know, crazy um, benefit meeting times like you know, zero dark 30 and having to have you in all different kinds of locations. And you guys never complained about that. You just really said, no, no, it's part of our job. We really, and just showed up bright and early with smiles on your faces and 
really just cared for our employees in the way that I would want them to be cared for. So I think those are some of your differentiators, but I would love to know how you would define that, like in the market space, how you guys separate yourself from some of the other folks out there. Well, I think it's, you know, we, we kind of boil it down to really four things and it's our creativity, um, you know, trying to look outside the box. There have been things that have been brought to us by our clients. And I think that's what's so great about our organization that it really does support that entrepreneurial spirit. It's all, what does the client need? If the client needs something and we don't do it today, let's figure it out. We can figure it out, right? Um, the other thing is engaged, and, and it's back to that caring aspect. Your plan is our plan. Um, your employees become our employees. It's, it's really taking that ownership and, and being engaged with you with your, your benefit plan. And then the experience, um, making, you know, we have the experience, Lori, you, you heard how many years, right. we're, and we're not that old, <laughs> but um, still really fun. <laughs> but it's the experience, and it's sharing this experience across our organization, too, and, and making sure that we're learning from our colleagues that are in, it, it, you know, dealing with new things. So there's a, there's a, a definitely a, a process in our organization of, of knowledge share and then responsiveness and you can have a benefits consultant that works with you at the renewal time but it's really when you mentioned it Annette when there's an employee that needs help or there's something that is needed it's it's being responsive and making sure that we're helping our employer groups and our clients um, in that kind of need. Um, I learned that years ago there was something that was called the moment of truth. And, and the moment of truth is when, when somebody really needs you, are you there? Are you there by their side to help them through something? And um, that's, those are really our key differentiators. I love that, the moment of truth. That could be almost like a tagline or something like that because that's true, right? It's when people really need you. Are you there for them in that moment? So I have been out of the corporate world for a number of years now, and I certainly know what the trends are in healthcare when you are a business owner <laughs> and you're out on your own, and the trend is not your friend. But I'm curious about what the trends are in the marketplace today um, in the corporate world. Is there anything that you're seeing that people should be doing or avoiding? There are so many trends out there right now. It's kind of hard to know where to start, but certainly something we're hearing over and over is just data-driven, that the uh, employers are, are looking for the data to support whatever decisions they're making. And the other, kind of some of the other keywords out there are levers. Um, what will happen if I do this and provide me with the data so that I can make the right decision um, to do whatever it is. Um, just from a, a plan design perspective, though, we're also, you know, there's a lot with smaller networks, um, high-performing networks where physicians are bonused on their outcomes. Um, so that's really a hot button certainly high deductible health plans and HSAs. And probably one of the bigger arenas is the, the pharmacy world. As we know, the costs in pharmacy are just going crazy. And it's a lot of it's related to the specialty RX programs. Um, in fact, we were with a client just uh, this morning just talking about really understanding your plan, that 
um, they have a benefit where on the specialty RX, it's um, like the employee pays 20% up to a maximum of $250 for specialty RX. Well, does that include just the injectables or does it include both the injectables and the oral medications? A, a lot of vendors just define specialty as injectables. And now that we have so many more um, oral medications, it's, it's little things like that that are important to pay attention to. And then of course we have the wellness programs, really high promotion of telemedicine, convenience clinics, um, student loan repayment programs are another topic. There's what, 1.3 trillion or 1.4 trillion dollars of student loan debt out there. And so how as an employer can you help your employees with student loan repayment? So we've been doing a lot of research and looking at implementing some programs like that. And of course we can't forget pet benefits because mm -hmm. pet benefits are huge right now. And we all laugh at it and chuckle a little bit, but it actually is a huge item. Um, paternity is, is one thing that some companies are implementing. So when you get a new pet that you can have some time to be with them and help them adapt to their new environment. Um, bereavement leave for when your, your pet passes away. Um, and just different pet policies of bring your pet to work. Um, so it, it's really interesting. You know, we're dealing with so many generations in the workforce uh, that you really have to be creative in what you're bringing to the table with the benefits program. Yeah, and I just said, I'll just add a couple points there too on the medical plan. Some things that are, and it's been introduced mostly in the self-funded plan arena, the reference-based pricing, and that's something that was introduced and it wasn't, the, the approach wasn't maybe as, as uh, refined. And, and now we're seeing more innovations in that area, and we're seeing a lot more traction with self-funded plans having reference-based pricing situations and having support along that way and real advocates for the employees. And then just to, to wrap up what else is, is kind of new, um, one thing that we're seeing a lot of innovation in the benefits world, and, and when we say benefits, we're looking at perks, we're looking at the whole package, even time off and, and some of those things that are happening. It, we're really seeing that technology field drive some of these new creative <laughs> benefits. And with Colorado becoming, they're calling it the Silicon Valley of the, the Rockies or, you know, it's the new Silicon Valley. There is just a lot of competition in that space. And Alliant actually does a specialized technology survey um, for that technology sector as we work with many of those clients in the um, Bay Area and Silicon Valley. So it's really great to see what those employers are doing. And I think there's more adoption from the traditional employer and, and competing with that talent. Wow, I am blown away by that list that you guys just went through. I thought you would like give me one or two things. That's huge. I wanted to go into some of those, but we would be here until next week if I asked questions about all of them. But I wrote them all down because I thought they were fascinating. I love the paternity um, and <laughs> some of the benefits. You know, I worked in Boulder for a number of years. I'm sure that would be a huge benefit 
um, in Boulder. We were across the street from the Humane Society, so I can see some partnerships with that. But I'm curious, of, um, in particular, there were so many that you talked about that I would love to dive into, but since data-driven was something that our business was always so interested in, I'm curious about the kinds of data that you would bring to an employer. Um, what are the kinds of things, what are they looking at in terms of data-driven? What kinds of decisions are being made with the data, or what kind of data is out there and available for employers? I think a lot of that data does relate to the medical benefit program, simply because when you look at the budget dollars, I mean, the the vast majority, the, the largest percentage is related to that medical program. And to be making decisions based on uh, the, the claims experience, but very um, minute claims experience, like looking at, well, how many people did we have take a specialty medication? And what type of specialty medication? And what would the impact be if we changed the formulary that we're currently on? If we looked at a smaller formulary of drugs, the true impact not only to the company, but directly to the participants. Um, so it's really that very detailed data. Yeah, and then I think, you know, there's there's benchmarking data. Everybody wants to know what their competitors are doing, you know. And I think that's key, too. It's like, who are you competing for with talent, and what do you need to have as an organization? But at the same time, I think there's a balance there because you as an organization and as an employer need to, you know, to define what you want to be. And it doesn't, you know, yes, it matters what the, your competitors are doing because you want to attract and retain the talent. But at the same time, I think you need to be true to who you are and what your mission is. And it comes down to, you know, what do you want to do to attract and retain that talent? So using data from all sorts of places, again, back to the your claims data and looking at that, but also what, what's happening in the, in the rest of the, the market as well. And we will say it's often challenging, you know, in a self-funded environment, we we're able to get a lot of data, sometimes in the fully insured environment, the data isn't as detailed, but we even have a, a unique tool where we can just take your census data and actually determine based on your census data, so zip code, um, you know, gender, date of birth, those types of uh, elements to determine whether your fully insured rates um, are at a reasonable level. So there's a lot of really neat tools out there that um, even we're just beginning to implement, but we think it's going to change how we do business. Absolutely. Well, I love not only that expertise that you're bringing, but also the resources, the bigger company resources that can provide that data for employers. I have just one more question along that same lines because it sparked my interest. You talked about physicians receiving bonuses based on outcomes. Can you just say a couple more sentences about that? That really intrigued me as well. Well, I think we're trying to, and this is from a global perspective, you know, We've tried a lot of different things over the years. I mean, even going back to HMO days, um, we're still predominantly a fee-for-service type of market, meaning that physicians get compensated based on tests ordered um, and services provided. 
But that's starting to change with these accountable care organizations where the physicians, and I think it's even some of the physicians can receive like a 30% bonus, up to a 30% bonus. They may look at, for example, the, the diabetics that are within that practice. And if those people are getting their vision exams, staying compliant with their insulin, um, then they are actually bonused in their, uh, their participants either maintaining their care or improving their care. So I think that's a really big feature in, in what we're doing in healthcare right now, and I'm not sure that that gets uh, publicized enough. Do you know, this is just an offhanded question, are there, um, is there anything that you're aware of in the marketplace? It seems to me that more and more people are moving towards natural health care or, you know, you see the trend of organics and uh, you talked about the pharmaceuticals and the pricing there. Is there any movement with insurance companies to start covering naturopathic doctors or moving in that area at all? I think, you know, I don't know that there's been a huge movement. I think they're all looking at it, and I think even wellness programs are trying to incorporate some of that to some degree, and obviously all the the big carriers are investing in wellness and, and looking at alternatives. I mean, it used to be that only chiropractic was covered and now acupuncture. So some of those new um, modern um you know, medicine, Western medicine, Eastern medicine, that it's coming together. I don't know that there's any, you know, plan that's really embracing it at this point, but I do think that there's been some adoption in that arena. I think the other interesting thing is just given that we live in Colorado, Colorado, just the whole cannabis picture. And now that, um, you know, some of the oils are actually even being approved at the, the federal level, um, and again, I don't have the answers, but it's going to be really interesting to watch how that develops over the next couple of years. It will be interesting to watch because there's been a lot of research and new articles coming out about the CBD. I think when you say the oils, I don't know if that's what you mean, but the non-genetic yeah. medicinal, you know, cancer-fighting kinds of things. At least that's what I've heard. So interesting. Well, we've talked a little bit about new trends. Are there any tried and true best practices for employers or, you know, what are the best employers doing that you're seeing? I think the best employers are really engaging with their employees and, and investing in their employees, investing in the benefit program, but also investing in letting the employees be a part of that process and really trying to, I mean, we spoke about it earlier, it's the five generations that are in the work force now and trying to, you know, get a grip on trying to see what is going to appeal to those five generations because it's not one size fits all and really trying to bring an offering that will um, be attracted to all, attractive to all of those um, generations and, and really communicating. I think, you know, so many of those budget dollars are put towards the benefit package. And if your employees don't see the value and don't feel it, what's going to keep them there versus going to a, the next employer? So I think, you know, really taking an invested interest in, in wanting your employees to understand what you're providing and valuing it and 
bringing them along, clue them into the challenges that you're facing. You know, it's a it's a big piece of the budget, and 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 explain and and talk them through the process that you went through to get where you are and what you're offering. Okay. Any final advice for employers or companies you want to share? Oh, there's so much out there. I'm just trying to pinpoint in my head like something more specific, but I think really Candy said it so well of just really looking at your employees and what they value. Um, we were even with a an employer recently who was just looking at their benefits and and was wondering, do employees really value, value the accidental death and dismemberment benefits? Or do you just translate those dollars into um, more paid time off, more flexibility? And so I really do think it's about just listening to your employees and then translating that into your benefit program. Yeah. Well, and taking a look at all of those benefits that have been provided year over year to saying, do the new populations that are coming into the workforce, do they really value that? And is it a benefit in a way, you know, maybe that previous generations didn't appreciate or maybe just the opposite, what previous generations, you know, appreciated, it may not be for uh, the newer generation that's coming in. Well, we're wrapping up here. Um, and I named this podcast, the Inspiring Leader Podcast, because I wanted to always end it with something that was inspiring. And so I don't know, do you guys have any kind of a favorite inspiring leadership quote or favorite book that you love, um, but would love to end it um, with, with something like that, if you have that. Sure. Actually, a, a book that I recently read, and it was actually recommended my, by my son, who is in college at uh, Colorado State, and it was Ooh. part of his, uh, one of his business leadership classes, and it's actually called Greater Than Yourself. And it's really all about giving back and that how you can be a great leader more by focusing on others than by focusing on yourself. Oh, I love that. I haven't ever heard of that. I'm going to have to go check it out. So greater than yourself. Although I don't know. Yeah, and then. I was going to say, I don't know if being recommended by somebody who's going to Colorado State, because that's a little bit of my nemesis. You know, I went to see Boulder. And I know. <laughs> If, if you have to cut that part out, go ahead. <laughs> and um, a book that I always like, and um, he's one of, he's Mark Sanborn. He's actually local to Denver, but he's a really great leadership speaker. And I've known Mark for many years, going back to my career track days. But he has some great books on leadership. And one that I, I've always enjoyed was, um, you don't need to need a title to be a leader. And I think that is something that just with our youth today, I think everybody's wanting to get that, that president, you know, they want to work their way up the career chain. But I think, you know, in, in all of us can be leaders in different aspects. So that book is really good. And, and there's actually a quote that he put in it, and I, I like it. And it's by Ben Franklin, and it's energy and persistence conquer all things. And I think that's true. <laughs> Sometimes you have to really be persistent and you have to try and maintain the energy to get through it. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? You need a little bit of both, don't you? The, um, the persistence to want to do it, but then you have to have that, that energy, that force to drive you through. So, 
So if somebody wanted to get in contact with you guys, how might they reach you? Is email or phone or website, what's the best way to reach you? Any of those methods work. Um, so I don't know if you're asking for email addresses or so uh, mine is laurie.gertis, which is L-A-U-R-I-E dot Gertis, G-E-R-D-E-S as in Sam, at alliant.com. And Candy's last name is super long and hard to spell. <laughs> we'll just give you my phone number. There you go. <laughs> you can reach me at 303-645-4717. And we really are a team. We have a team behind us. But the two of us absolutely share our book of business and work on all of our clients together. So reaching out to one of us gets you connected to both. But it's not a job share. We are, are full-time, so just to clarify that. Yeah, and Annette, I just want to thank you, one, for this opportunity, and two, you, when you introduced us and, and um, the note that you said about us having fun, it is really critical in all things that you do that you have fun. Life is too short, and I think, you know, sometimes things can be daunting, benefits can be daunting, but that is one thing that the two of us have really tried to uh, maintain is fun throughout it all. Well, you certainly are great examples of that, that's for sure. And for anybody listening who might be interested and in just wanting to learn a little bit more about you guys, I would encourage you to reach out to Candy and Lori, even if you're not interested in switching benefit brokers at this time, just to see what they have to say. I know you guys met with us many, many times um, just to share information. And then when the time was right, we actually and were ready to make the switch. You were there, and we had that relationship already established. So I think just a phone call, um, a quick Zoom appointment, or maybe a lunch or an in-person meeting would be a great way to just uh, meet you guys and learn a little bit more about your style and what you have to offer. Cause I think you guys have um, some great things to offer. Just want to thank you guys so very much for being on the podcast today. And um, just, uh, I guess I'm going to close with that. So thank you so very much. Have a great day. You've been listening to the inspiring leader podcast with Annette Matthews, leadership specialist, emotional intelligence coach, and everything DISC guru. For more information on how Aspen Edge can work with you and your business, visit aspenedgeconsulting.com today.